This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Morning Bulletin podcast where we round up all the big headlines from overnight concerning Liverpool FC. And as always, on a Tuesday, I'm joined on the line by Matt Addison and hopefully a refreshed and raring to go for the Premier League restart. Matt Addison, how are you, mate? You've had a week off. Yeah, uh, a good little break and uh, yeah, just ready for what should be a, a busy but very uh, exciting couple of weeks, I think, obviously. Liverpool on the brink of, of winning that title, so yeah, it's uh, strange times but exciting times. And yeah, as you say, after a, a few days off, refreshed and, and raring to go. Good stuff. Yeah, we're all really excited about the Premier League returning and it is back tomorrow night, but maybe not as we know it. What we do know is that all of the games will be played behind closed doors and without supporters. But a story that's appeared on the Liverpool Echo's website last night outlines further what fans can expect to see on you know the TV screens when matches do start from tomorrow onwards. Yeah, of course, it, it's going to be very different, isn't it? We knew that, but a few more of the specifics, as you say, are, are sort of eking out as we get towards the, the first game. So only essential staff will be present at matches. I think we, we sort of knew that. It's going to be around about 300 people in all, uh, and there will be sort of different zones as well around the ground. So there'll be red, amber and green. So the red zones being, I think, where the, the players and, and managers and, and coaches will be. So the changing rooms, the tunnel, the pitch, that sort of thing. Amber being the stands, uh, and then green being sort of outside, so car park and, and that sort of area. So it's going to be almost alongside that traffic-like system. It's going to be sort of one-way systems. It's going to be very sort of regimented in the way that the players and, and staff have to move around and, and for the press as well, of course. Um, so everyone there is going to have to sort of be alert to make sure that they're in the right place at, at the right time and that sort of thing. But, but these things are... Very, very well planned. Um, I think, you know, in most cases, this should run very, very smoothly. And I think the fact that we've got all of those details ironed out already, I think, is, is probably a positive thing. I think you know, the, the players, I think initially the plan was for them to arrive at the, at the ground separately and, and drive there themselves. They can still do that if teams want to, uh, but they do, it, it, according to this report, it, it does say that they can travel to matches on the team bus as normal as long as social distancing is in place so obviously not sitting next to each other and things like that so it'll be interesting to see what teams do and, and how they sort of go about it there is a little bit of, of room to manoeuvre with sort of rules like that but generally very regimented as I said and even sort of little things you might notice on the TV that the teams won't line up uh, together in the tunnel and, and come out with the officials at the start of the game as they would normally. They'll, they'll do that separately and come out sort of one at a time to, to, to try and keep the teams apart as, as much as possible. And the benches as well, anybody who's watched uh, the Bundesliga will have seen you know, the, the players on the sidelines that sort of three, four seats apart and uh, warming up separately and things like that. So, yeah, it, it's going to be different it's going to be strange but look it's uh, it's one of those things I think every Liverpool fan will agree that the best thing is just that the football is back and, and Liverpool will be, be playing again it will be different of course it will be strange to, to begin with but I think as I mentioned in, in Germany these things have already happened uh, so not only did the, the Premier League have that template but I think fans at home watching on TV have, have sort of acclimatised to that now I know certainly for me 
watching football without fans now, it, it's not as strange as, as it was to begin with. So, fingers crossed that the Premier League will pretty much have the, the same success as, as what we've seen in the Bundesliga. Liverpool have been acclimatising to uh, playing at Anfield in recent weeks. There was obviously a friendly with Blackburn. They've had a couple of inter-squad games as well, but it's it's not until a week tomorrow that they actually play their first game back at the home ground when they take on Crystal Palace. That could well be the match that sees them winning the title, or it could even be a title coronation, depending on results before that. But whatever is riding on the outcome, Matt, the, the club is putting plans in place, aren't they? Our Liverpool FC correspondent Paul Gorse wrote a, a really well-read story on this for the Echo yesterday morning. And that story's been followed by another overnight by David Maddock, who we had on the podcast last week in the Daily Mirror. Yeah, it's uh, all about making the new normal as normal as possible, really. And I mentioned all of those changes, but there will still be things like you'll never walk alone will be played before the match. That will remain exactly the same. Um, Liverpool are sort of in talks with fan groups and, and stuff like that to try and get as many flags on seats and things like that. So it's not just an empty stadium. There'll be a little bit of normality. Okay, there's no supporters there, but at least they can have some sort of flags and, and things like that, which... I think, obviously, it's a good thing from a television perspective. It's good for the spectacle and it's good for fans watching at home. But, you know, I think it'll be a little bit of a boost for the players as well because they'll be used to, obviously, seeing those things. OK, there'll, there'll be no atmosphere and there'll be no actual supporters there. But it's just a, a nice little touch, I think, from, from the club to do that as possible. And, of course, from a a slightly cynical point of view as well. It, it's the best possible background, isn't it, to make the most of, of when of when Liverpool do win the league. You, you want it to be in a stadium which looks as nice as possible for the photographs and, and things like that. So, yeah, I suppose it's uh, a nice little commercial thing, but it's uh, a good thing as well, I think, for, for the players, for, for their confidence. And, yeah, as I say, it, it, look, it, it's a new normal. It's something we're going to have to get used to, I think, for a good number of months yet. And, if Liverpool can do even these little things just to make it as normal as possible, you know, I think certainly the the players, but probably the fans too, will will appreciate that. We'll stay with the mirror for a moment. Dave picked up a tweet from a, another well-respected journalist on Merseyside, like Paul Ghost and David Maddock, uh, Dominic King, and he was tweeting about two Liverpool players, Matt, ahead of the derby at Goodison on Sunday, who should be fit. Yes, uh, obviously Liverpool played Blackburn Rovers um, last week. Both Mohamed Salah and Andy Robertson missed that match. That was just as a precaution as we reported at the time. But yeah, it seems that both of those players are are back now. They are fit and and ready and they should be available for for Everton on Sunday. So a little bit of an injury scare. I think last week we always knew it wasn't too serious. But, you know, always with these things, the club will... We'll look to play it down, but yeah, it seems to be confirmation that they're both fine now. They both played in a sort of inter-squad 11v11 at Anfield the other day, so it seems like any precautions that were took last week have have now been taken away. And As you say, that's a a big boost for Liverpool because they are obviously two very, very important and and crucial players for for the club, so it would be a a massive shame for, for the team, but a massive shame for any individual as well that, that had to miss these couple of games because you know anyone who's been a bigger part of this season such as, as Robertson or, or Salah deserves to be there when the actual title gets won so yeah it, it, it would be a shame if anybody missed out but it's a, it certainly seems that at this stage like 
apart from I think Zed and Shakiri, Liverpool are pretty much at full fitness going into into the restart. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Now, I wouldn't usually give Danny Mills, uh, the former Leeds United and Man City defender, much exposure on this podcast or any podcast we do because I do find some of his views on Liverpool quite questionable. But he has been making a point uh, about Naby Keita. Some may suggest his format to the Football Insider website and it has been reported by the Echo. Yeah, it's uh, some interesting comments. I think uh, Danny Mills, as you say, not always massively in favour of, of things that Liverpool do. But yeah, he says that Naby Keita's future is in the balance. Obviously, it's been two years since Keita came in from RB Leipzig. And he, he sort of makes the point that it's a, a crucial time, really, for Keita. And it's kind of, it's one of those things where we've said it so many times, really, that when Keita's come back from injuries, when it's been the start of the season, when it's been, you know, whatever, if there's been a break and, and we come back, it, it's always a big time for him and I think this time is, is no different I think obviously it, it's difficult to, to disagree with Danny Mills on, on this occasion I think it's uh, it is a big time but look, we we don't think that there's any chance that he'll be leaving the club anytime soon from what we've seen you know if he can stay fit that's the big thing we know how good he is as a player personally I think if, if he can get fit and, and in form he can be you know a, a world class midfielder you look at the price that Liverpool pay, Liverpool don't pay fees as big as that without, you know, having a sort of game-changing player, you know, in their minds. And, you know, you look at someone like Allison or Van Dijk and the impact that they've had. I think Liverpool probably expected that, that Cater would do the same thing. And look, it's, it's absolutely fair to say that it hasn't happened up to this point. But you know, there's, there's no reason to think that it can't happen yet. He's still only 25. He's still got the best years ahead of him and as I say the, the big thing is that his quality and his ability uh, and his suitability to the Premier League isn't really in question it's purely and simply whether he can stay fit so from what we've seen during this break from sort of bits of, of training that we've been able to see from the, the highlights of, of that Blackburn friendly as I mentioned he looked really really, really good really sharp and for me the, the big thing with, with Naby Keita is that the squad clearly clearly like him they, you know, we, we've seen all the, the sort of shouts of, of Naby Lad and uh, things like that it's, it's obvious that he's got quality because I don't think Liverpool players would have taken to him quite as as much as what they have if, if they didn't believe in him and didn't think he was you know absolutely ready to, to come in and make a huge impact so look he, he's obviously well liked I think as I say it is a big period for him but I'm still even at this stage, I'm still confident that he can can take his chance. And look, it, it, it's one of those things we've seen it so many times with players who've struggled to begin with. And uh, you know, you look at Robertson, you look at Fabinho; they've taken a bit of time to acclimatise and, and then become real crucial stars in this Liverpool team. And okay, Naby Keita's taken a little bit longer than than what both of those did, but look, he, he's come in from a different league. He's come in. We're midfield, which is, is packed with bodies and packed with competition. And look, we know he's got the quality. So, fingers crossed, yeah, for, for the rest of this season, he can stay fit. And if he does, Liverpool have got a real, real player on their hands, I think. It's fairly clear now that Timo Werner won't be following Navigator from RB Leipzig. And this could be 
then one of the last times we actually talk about him on this podcast, certainly until he, he faces Liverpool for Chelsea next season. But I just wanted to pick up on two stories that have uh, emerged overnight. The first from the Evening Standard, who are reporting that the end to this saga is finally in sight. While the Metro via build in Germany is suggesting something that makes me slightly wonder about Werner's character. This is a really interesting tale, this one. Yeah, two sort of interesting stories. First one, obviously, from the, the standards, which says uh, Werner's release clause, that 53 million or, or so expires today. So Chelsea are expected to complete the transfer at some point in the coming days. Um, obviously, they will have had to have agreed that fee by today, but then there might be some other things that have to be sorted out before it's officially announced or anything like that. But yeah, it, it could be at some point this week, maybe by the time Chelsea come back to, to playing their matches they might have Timo Werner signed up and obviously have Hakim Ziyech as well already tied up so it, it, it's been a decent start to the summer for them and, and the season hasn't even finished yet but yeah that, that second story is, is particularly interesting it says that obviously via build as you say Timo Werner will become a Chelsea player but he wants to become a Chelsea player in July he doesn't want to, to wait um, obviously Leipzig still in the Champions League and it was reported yesterday uh, in a few different places that you know, the, the Champions League is going to be sort of played in a mini World Cup sort of style over a week, week and a half in the middle of August. So if Werner was to move in July, that would give him obviously as much time as possible with his new teammates and that sort of thing to bed in ahead of next season. But it was all, would also mean that he'd forfeit the chance to finish off this season's Champions League with Leipzig. So you'd imagine that given Leipzig, uh, you know, they, they've already beaten Tottenham, they're already through into the next round. You'd imagine that they won't be too happy with that because you know he's their, their best player, really. He's their, their key performer. He's shown that time and time again, not just since the Bundesliga's come back, but just with his goals record and, and in the Champions League as well, he's been brilliant for them. So it would be... Uh, a strange decision, I think, and it sort of throws the rest of this Champions League season into a bit of doubt, really, almost, because you look at the the integrity of the competition, if, if key players are, are moving and don't want to play or, or refuse to play for their clubs and things like that, it's, uh, it's going to be a, a really interesting thing that, that happens there, but, but we, we don't know for sure when the Champions League is going to take place, but yeah, if Timo Werner's move does happen this week, I think obviously Liverpool fans would have kept an eye on that anyway. But certainly anyone with uh, one eye on the Champions League might have a, a few questions about that too. Thanks, Matt. That's all your headlines for today's Morning Bulletin podcast. But before we go, we'd like to remind Liverpool supporters that it was on this day in 2004 that Rafa Benitez was appointed as the club's manager. That turned out well. And the same, of course, could definitely be said of the appointment of Jurgen Klopp, who just so happens to be celebrating his 53rd birthday today. Happy birthday, Jurgen, and bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.